You're listening to NBS Cast with your host, Rachel Edwards. Welcome back to NBS Cast. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I get to have a conversation with somebody I've known for quite a while. Uh, we have Sarah Noble on the show today. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Rachel. Good to talk to you again. Uh, so, Sarah, I know you, but just to make sure all of our listeners do, if you could introduce yourself. So tell us your name again, how long you've been with NBS and your current position. That would be awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. I am Sarah Noble, and I am the manager of fiscal agent services and financial operations for Fact Education Solutions. I have worked for NBS for a little over 11 years. And I have been in my current role with FactEd for about three and a half years. Thank you so much. And fun fact, Sarah was in my first training class at NBS. Yeah, that, that was fun. Super fun. It feels like ages ago, but also somehow feels like yesterday. So I'm not sure how that works, but <laughs> time goes fast and slow all at the same time. I was just having that conversation. It sure does. So Sarah, what hobby are you here to talk to us about today? Yes, I am going to be talking about making earrings. So I've seen some of the earrings you make. They're absolutely adorable. Let's start at the beginning. What got you into making your earrings? Yeah, I, I actually started making earrings. It's been about five years ago um, when I started. And I really had a hard time finding things that fit my style and also worked with uh, my my ears because my ears are very sensitive. So I had seen, you know, just some pictures of earrings. And I'm like, you know what, I bet I could make those. And the rest is history. That's awesome. So are you really into accessories then? You know, I like earrings. I've always been really interested in earrings. Even for my wedding, I like hand painted some earrings because I didn't, I couldn't find like the perfect one. So I've always liked earrings. Um, that's, that's probably kind of always been my thing. And are you pretty crafty in general then? Because you mentioned you hand painted some. So do you do other kinds of crafts or do you make other kinds of jewelry? What does that look like? I do like to make other sorts of crafts. Like I'm always painting something or, you know, um, like trying to make things my own, just kind of around my home of like, if I can't find something that I want, I'll just repaint it or repurpose something else to, to fit into that. I don't really make other accessories, um, but I do consider myself to just be like generally crafty and artsy. I mean, from the look of your earrings, I, I definitely I see that come through. Uh, but let's kind of back up a little bit. And I want to talk more about how did you even learn to start making your own earrings? What were some of the things you looked at or some of the things you did? Yeah, I learned a lot of um, how to make earrings on YouTube University. Yes, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a graduate. Um, <laughs> yep, exactly. So, you know, there's so much information online and just Googling and looking at um, just like different styles or like even sketching out styles and then looking up on the internet how to do things or, you know, do it better. And then really just trial and error because I think you, you know, try try to do things a certain way. It doesn't work out. So you have to shift and um, try it a different way and then figure out what what 
works the best. So when you are making a new set of earrings, are there any special tools that you need to use or materials? And where do you where do you get some of those things? Yep. Um, I mean, the great thing now is that you can buy, you know, so many different materials off of Etsy. So I do a lot of just like Etsy cruising to shop for different leathers or um, different like um, like jewels, I suppose, or like druzy that I use. And um, then I also have other specific tools, again, kind of trial and error, because part of making the leather earrings is punching a hole in it in them to facet on the hook for, you know, your actual ear. So uh, just kind of trial and error as far as the pliers that I need to use or the different hole punch, you know, obviously there's lots of different sizes of holes that you can um, use. And again, I've kind of tried all of the different ranges to figure out what works best for me and what I think makes the best quality. So what are some of your favorite materials to work with? You mentioned leather. Do you do other kinds of mediums or yeah so I do a lot of leather earrings and really there's just like different um, kind of weights and textures of leather and I think depending on the style that you want to make like you know whether it's a petal shape or um, maybe it's kind of a chevron type of design there's different fabrics that work better and just learning, you know, like, oh, this, this weight of leather will cut really good for square edges or this leather is softer. So if I want to do a petal shape, it will bend and it looks pretty from the front and the back. Uh, So really it just depends on like the shape and the style. And then I have like some, you know, specific vendors that I like to buy from because I think their materials are good quality as well. And so I've seen some videos that are floating around on TikTok or Facebook watch of people making earrings from, I believe it's like a polymer clay. Um, Have you seen those before? I have. Yeah. That's like a very popular um, style now for clay earrings. And and they look beautiful when they're done. So is that something you're into as well? Or is it more kind of leather, metal? I haven't, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy because I have looked at that. I've actually like got everything in order to purchase um, just like some test materials. And then I decided against it. I might eventually down the road, but I think um, like everyone has their niche, right? And I don't know if that's mine. So I don't want to commit to it um, unless I'm ready to like actually make, make them and market them. No, that totally makes sense. I know you mentioned that you sell your earrings. So we're, we're going to come back to that in just a second. Do you do anything else with them? Do you like to give them as gifts? I mean, do you just make tons of earrings for yourself and you have this huge collection what does that look like yeah that's that's a really good question so i do have a i would say a pretty decent collection of earrings um but i i like to kind of rotate them like out so you know i'll wear some for a while and then i'll like make a new pair for myself um i love giving them as gifts like teacher gifts or um you know my daughter is seven now. So all of the birthday parties that she's going to, they make great gifts for her friends. And then, um, you know, it's just kind of fun for her to say like, oh, my mom made those earrings or she's even helped me make some um, like for her birthday party. 
we passed them out as little like take home gifts. And so she got to make them all and then, you know, kind of tell her friends like, oh yeah, I made that for you. So that was really fun. I have also done um, kind of a few like different points in the year. I will donate some. So just like different um, groups. So there is... um it's called Totes for Hope, but it's a local organization in Lincoln, and they put together these tote bags for cancer um, cancer patients. And so I donated quite a few pairs there a while back um, just so they could pass those out with the little tote bag. So that was fun. Um, and then there's other people that will just like contact me and say, hey, do you want to put together a gift basket? We're doing a raffle, and it's always kind of a fun a fun way to give back to the different local organizations and charities in town. I love that so much. That's so great. Um, So I would love to know, how much time do you spend making earrings? Is this an every night thing? Is this maybe once or twice a week, once or twice a month? What does that look like? Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's kind of just it depends on the season, to be honest, like around Christmas time and in the fall is a really busy time of year for most crafters. Um, there's a lot of craft shows and people are buying for Christmas or to, you know, to, to give things as gifts. So I would say, you know, at that point in, in the year, I'm probably spending you know, a couple hours every other night working on earrings. And then uh, in the summer, it's a little bit less busy. And I like it that way, because I, I like to do other things in the summer. So it, you know, kind of depends on the season. And then of course, like how many uh, vendor events I'm signing up for. So this must be like a after the kids go to bed, I'll work mm-hmm. on this. Okay. <laughs> Put on some, you know, like random Netflix shows, uh, binge watch shows and make earrings so I I used to try to um, loop my husband in to help but he kind of got demoted because uh, you know he wasn't as meticulous on certain things so I'm not sure if that was on purpose or uh, you know but yeah so now it's just kind of me time gotcha okay so you mentioned craft fairs but how do you actually go about selling the earrings that you make yeah so there's, there's kind of a couple different ways, uh, uh, you know, you can do like online sales through Etsy. I do that a little bit. I do craft shows and then I do also some wholesale orders um, as well. And with the wholesale orders, those could be just different boutiques um, in the area or, you know, even from afar because they would put an online order in and then I would ship it to them and then they're selling it, you know, at their boutique with clothes and just other miscellaneous things that they have. Uh, Craft shows, a lot of times it will be different people that I know are hosting a craft show. So they'll invite me, you know, to see if I want to participate because maybe I've done other shows with them. And then with the Etsy sales, um, usually I will post things like if I've done a craft show and I have a lot left over, or, you know, maybe I'm ready to just kind of clearance things out and then make new. I'll post a lot of things on Etsy, but that can be kind of time consuming just because you're shipping out individual orders to people, uh, you know, printing the labels, packaging everything up. I want to make sure that I'm doing it, uh, you know, like making it look cute. So I don't always, 
like to sell things on Etsy just because it doesn't seem as fun. And it takes a lot of extra time too, like mm-hmm. you said, because you really want to put effort into not just the product you're making, but the packaging and the experience. Yep. So I totally get that. How often would you say you go to craft shows and how much time do you put in to get prepared or travel time or, you know, how much money do you spend to get your booth ready? Could you just talk a little bit more about the craft show experience in general to get us familiar with that? Yeah. So the craft shows, I would say that's really a bit, it's been a big trial and error type of thing as well, because I learned early on that just because I like a certain style or color of earring, that doesn't mean it's going to sell. <laughs> um, so you really have to kind to know your market. And depending on the show that you're going to, it will kind of um, alter or change what I bring. For example, if I'm going to a craft show that is hosted at a church, I may select um, styles to bring that I could see, you know, just more potentially like business women or, you know, like maybe they're... Um, more middle age, like, you know, stuff that isn't like flashy and extremely trendy, because they want to find something that fits or goes well with a lot of different outfits that they have versus if there is a show that is hosted by um, boutiques, some boutiques have, you know, very trendy clothes, some are geared more towards just like everyday fashion. So I'll try and kind of pick based on those things as well. Obviously, if it's a boutique that, um, has very trendy clothes, people are going to want earrings that they maybe don't see on every person. Otherwise, people really like to buy um, what others have. So they like just like the traditional styles, you know, everybody loves the neutral colors. Everyone loves these like small teardrop earrings that I make because they don't see them a lot of places, but they're fun and cute um, and, and very affordable as well. So just kind of knowing the market, I do spend Maybe not as much time on that because I I kind of know, you know, a little bit more about that now. Um, You know, otherwise you have to purchase bags because when people buy earrings, they want to put it in a bag to carry that. You have to make sure that you have plenty of cash on hand to make change for people. Um, And then the time, you know, really when it gets into the, the season where I have a lot of craft shows, like I will spend the majority of the week before preparing. And then the week before that, I'm shopping online because shipping, you know, takes from the time you order something to the time it arrives at your door. That could take a week. And then it could take a good week or two weeks to prepare everything that I need, you know, and and again, like it is a little bit of an investment depending on the side of the uh, size of the show. You know, you're spending a few hundred dollars on supplies to make everything that you need. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of time, a lot of effort, uh, but it sounds like also it's it's worth it because it sounds like something you're really passionate about and that you enjoy doing as well. Yeah. What's really, really, really amazing is that there is this awesome network of small business owners. Um, You know, again, I talk about the Lincoln area just because that's where I spend most of my time. But I've gotten to know these women, um, you know, and and see them regularly. And it is a lot of fun to just go and, you know, you're kind of supporting local people, you're celebrating, that was a really great show. How did it go for you? Um, So that's just really fun, the networking side and, you know, meeting new people. So I have to ask, Sarah, I had a conversation with Scott Suarez about his side hustle of regripping golf clubs. And 
he mentioned when we were talking that he specifically has a coworker who uses their side gig to support their Starbucks habit. Is that you? (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was. You know, it's kind of funny because since now I'm working from home so much more, I, I don't go to Starbucks as much, but that definitely was always, I'm like, Oh, coffee money, you know, I don't have to feel guilty about getting Starbucks because I have my earring fund, um, you know, to pay for it. So now that you're not purchasing as much Starbucks, do you use the money that you earn for other things? Like, do you save for vacations? Do you like to buy other, you know, things for your house or things for yourself? What do you use the money for? Yeah, it is kind of my slush fund. Like, oh, I have earring money. I can use it for that. And, you know, now that my kids are getting a little bit older and I'm kind of trying to teach them the value of money, which maybe this isn't teaching them the value because I'm using it to buy them things like, oh, you know, I, I stayed up really late and made a bunch of earrings or I sold a bunch of earrings. Now I have money. Uh, like, for example, last summer we bought, um, it's like a tube couch, you know, that you can pull behind a boat. And it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to use earring money for this and I'm going to buy you guys the, this couch. And, you know, they were so excited. Um, but yeah, I usually just now am buying like specific things that are in the want category, not in the need category. Sure. I I think a lot of people use their side hustle dollars for things like that. (laughs) I bet they loved that couch too, by the way. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. My my daughter, my daughter loves it. My son is like not as not as into it. But this summer he might he might like it a little bit more now that he's getting older. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into wholesaling. How did you go about, you know, seeking out those relationships so you could start selling in boutiques? And, you know, where are some of the places that we can find your earrings? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of it started with like a friend of a friend. It's like, oh, a friend of a friend, you know, owns this boutique. Hey, do you think that you can connect me with that person so I could maybe show them my earrings? Um, and then, you know, some of it was just when I would keep my Facebook page really active of like, here's some new earrings. Like, this is what I have going on. Boutiques would just reach out to me and say, hey, we're interested in carrying your earrings. You know, can you let us know what it looks like to be a wholesale um, vendor with you? Yeah, okay, that's great. You know, here's kind of what the process looks like. And now, um, you know, it kind of like ebbs and flows. But right now I do have earrings at Shields in Lincoln. And then there is a boutique in Friend called The Freckled Door that has my earrings there as well. I know you sell under a brand name. So do you want to share that with our listeners so they could keep an eye out for your earrings? The yeah, the brand is Estelle Earrings, and that is named after my daughter. Her middle name is Estelle, um, and my grandma was named Estella. Um, and my grandma, like growing up, she had this great collection of jewelry. Uh, funny enough, her earrings were all clip-on because she didn't have her ears pierced. But every once in a while, she would get it out. She would, you know, let us play play with her earrings. Um, just a very wonderful person. And so I named my daughter after her. Then it just seemed natural to name my earrings after both of them. That is so sweet. I love that. So are you looking to expand your selling into even broader horizons? Yeah, what's that? 
it's uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because at one point I really was looking to expand and grow my business, and then now I've kind of scaled back a little bit. Um, I am a firm believer that that um, even though people like to say, you know, I'm giving it 110 percent, I really think you only have 100 percent of energy, and I've <laughs> I've shifted some of my earring energy just to um, my job at FactEd, which has been great, and I think. Um, Right now, I'm happy with just having the casual side business, not necessarily looking to expand. Although if, you know, someone were to reach out to become a whole, like a wholesale vendor with me, I wouldn't necessarily tell them no, but I'm just not out seeking new um, new relationships there. I think that's a great balance because, you know, you've got a great job that you enjoy, your normal nine to five, and then you've got a passion that you pursue through making earrings, but then you can also make that lucrative. And it's not, it's not killing your joy there either. It doesn't sound like you still enjoy making them. You enjoy going to these craft shows. So, you know, as long as you can still enjoy it, you know, ride that as long as you can, right? <laughs> yep. No, that's so true. Like that was the big thing for me is that I wanted to make sure it was something fun and something that I enjoy. So um, I do actually have an individual that I pay to do like my bookkeeping um, just because I don't enjoy like taxes or um, managing that side of it. So I, I let her do that. And then I can just really enjoy the crafting side. I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I feel like I could ask you so many questions about just that side of things, what it's like to start up and own a small business, even if it's on the side, you know, because there's lots that goes into it. And there's things that you have to be aware of when it comes to how the government needs you to report earnings and make sure you're doing everything correct. Otherwise, oh, hey, the IRS is going to come and Hey, mm -hmm. we need this from you. So I, I wish we had more time to to delve into some of those things because I, I think a lot of our listeners would be interested. But is it safe to say, Sarah, if someone is interested in that side of things, that they could contact you to get a little advice? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share all of the tips and tricks that I've learned along the way. As, aside from that, we, we know that you would definitely be willing to give advice on the business side of things. What other advice would you give to someone who is interested in making something and also possibly selling their own items, but they just don't know where to get started? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, again, I, like I fall back to the internet because there is so much information out there. Um, you know, I hate to say that if you have an idea, it's probably done, be have like has been done before. But, you know, there's probably someone else that has a similar idea. And I think that we can learn from others without, you know, of course, like you don't want to steal a business idea, but you can do some research online and then just watch videos um, and try and gain knowledge about whatever it is that you're interested in. I think it's also important to just be aware of the market. You know, if if everyone in Lincoln, Nebraska, like if, you know, only 4% of the population had their ears pierced, maybe I would really need to think about just selling online. Or, um, you know, maybe I would need to think about like, what does it look like to make a lot of clip-on earrings? Just kind of those kinds of things. I think it's also a good idea for someone to start going to craft shows. Um, you know, just so you can see like the, the type of clientele that there are, what do people 
setup look look like? Um, you know, is it like elaborate? Is it simple? Like, what is your brand? And I think that just making sure you put all, you know, do it right. Um, one big thing that I did right away was pick a name for my earrings. And then I had um, just kind of like a logo font that I was going to use consistently just so that people could recognize that those were Estelle earrings. Excellent advice. I, I love all of that. Knowing your market, I think, is definitely key. So thank you so much for sharing that information. And thank you so much for just talking about your love and your passion for making earrings. Yeah, it was fun. It'll, it's always fun to talk with you, Rachel. Oh, the feeling mm -hmm. is mutual, Sarah. <laughs> Well, huge thanks again to Sarah for coming on the show to talk about her love of making earrings, selling earrings, and how she got her start on selling earrings as well. Now we get to talk about our segments. And for what I'm loving today, I'm going to share a little something that I've been watching. I'm a little late to the game on this, but I know you can probably grant me a little bit of grace <laughs> if you're listening today. But I am loving Stranger Things Series 4. I was a big Stranger Things fan when the series first debuted several years ago. Loved the whole feel of like a Stephen King movie or story. Uh, loved the visuals. Loved the characters. And then after season two, I fell off the bandwagon big time. So didn't really watch season three. My brother-in-law got me into this current series, series four, and I am right back into the story. I am excited to know what happens. I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but the storytelling this season is so, so good. And I I can't wait for the debut of part two of the series, which actually is happening this weekend. So I'll be spending some of my 4th of July weekend catching up on Stranger Things 4 so I can learn what happens to everyone. All right. Now for our book recommendation segment, I had the opportunity to travel to Lincoln just this past week and I had a lot of free time on my hands in my evenings. After seeing friends, I would go back to my hotel room and I would just read. <laughs> and it was great because I felt like I've been in a bit of a reading slump over the last several months. And just being in Lincoln and having that time to myself, I feel like I was really able to jump right back in and enjoy reading again. Uh, and a book that I picked up and finished while I was there is called My Friend Anna by Rachel Deloach Williams. This is the story of Anna Sorokin Delvey. Uh, you may know that name because she was in the news in recent years as the wannabe New York socialite who basically faked her way to the top. It shared tons of inside information about Anna's story from a friend's perspective. So the author, Rachel, was actually a friend of Anna Delvey or Anna Sorokin, whichever name you're going to go with. But she talked about her experience being Anna's friend and how she got scared out of over $60,000 as a result of being Anna's friend. And it was so interesting to hear Rachel's perspective and understand how she could have been taken for so much and how it was truly a slippery slope, uh, just believing Anna's different lies or circumstances. So again, I don't want to give away too much, but one thing I will say 
If you are watching or have already watched the Inventing Anna series on Netflix, this is a totally different side of the story. Netflix definitely ramped up the storytelling part and maybe fabricated a few things for the show, whereas Rachel's account is all true and all based on her experience with Anna from her real life. So can't recommend that book enough. My friend Anna, I read it in less than three days. It was that interesting to me. So make sure to pick up a copy if you're interested in that story and want to learn some real behind the scenes material. Thanks again to Sarah for coming on the show today. We had such a great and fun conversation. And I Thank you all for listening as well. I just have a couple of notes before I sign off officially from this episode, but we're going to be making some big changes to the podcast in the very near future. We're going to shake things up. We're going to have some new segments for you. We're going to have some new series. I even have a new co-host that I can't wait to introduce. So more information will come in future episodes on that. Just wanted to give you a little taste now, but thank you so much for listening. It's always great to know that... Our associates out there are interested in this information. So thanks again, and I'll catch you in the next episode.